I guess it's, ap it's afternoon now. Good afternoon, everyone. It's Tuesday, October 11th, 2016. Um, this is the Finance Committee of the San Francisco County Transportation Authority. My name is Eric Marr. I'm the chair of the committee. Um, to my left are um, Commissioners David Campos and Norman Yee. Um, Mr. Samos, can you call the rest of the roll? Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Commissioner Kim. Kim is absent. Commissioner Cohen. Cohen is absent. We do have quorum. Thank you. I wanted to thank SFGOV-TV for tele televising us again. Jennifer Lowe and Mark Bunch, thank you so much for the great work. Um, Mr. Stamos, can you call the consent calendar? All right. Uh, consent calendar. Items 2 to 3 comp comprise the consent calendar. These items are considered routine. Staff is not planning to present on these items, but are prepared to present if desired. If a member objects, any of the consent items may be removed and considered separately. Thank you. Are there any items to be severed? Seeing none, is there a motion on the consent calendar? So oh, we have public to, comment. We have to hear public comment on the consent calendar items. Is there anyone from the public that would like to speak? Seeing none, public comment is closed. So there's a motion on the consent calendar, and it's been seconded. Can we approve without without objection? Uh, we'll do a roll call vote. Okay, let's do a roll call. All right. On the consent calendar, Commissioner Campos? Uh, aye. Campos, aye. Commissioner Cohen? Cohen, aye. Commissioner Kim. Kim is absent. Commissioner Marr. Aye. Marr, aye. Commissioner Yee. Aye. Yee, aye. Consent calendar is approved. Thank you. Um, I did want to acknowledge that our colleague, um, Commissioner Norman Yee, is a, he's a grandfather again. <laughs> um, um, congratulations. And Jameson, a, a new grandson. So congratulations, Norman. Yeah. Thank you. Yay. Um, <laughs> So, Mr. Stamos, please call the next item. All right. Item four, state and federal legislative update. This is an information item. And we have um, Mr. Mark Watts. And um, Ms. Chang, did you want to say anything also about any of the federal and state legislation? No? Okay. <clears throat> Good morning. It's been a while since I've been here. Thank you for having me here this morning or this afternoon, I guess. I'm sorry. Uh, I, want, I want to cover a couple things. Uh, there's uh, uh, one or two items that relate to your matrix, that uh, one new item and one where we had a sponsored bill, cover a couple of other uh, activities that related to legislation, give you a brief update on the special session that uh, looks like it's coming back to life that would uh, attempt to fund transportation, and I'll give you some details on that, and a little bit about cap and trade, and then I'll take questions if that makes sense for you. Thank you very much. Uh, first off, uh, this year um, uh, the authority sponsored legislation carried by Assemblymember David Chu. It's always nice working with a, uh, 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 someone I've, I've known for a while. And he and his office, uh, I would attribute the success to this, leg this legislation to the hard work by Judson True, who did a, a very good job. Essentially, AB 2374, which was approved, by the legislature and uh, recently by the governor would uh, grant construction manager, general contractor, procurement authority <coughs> to the transportation authority specifically for work on the uh, Yerba Buena Island retrofit project. In addition, and what made a little bit of a complication in the passage of the legislation is the addition on behalf of Placer County for a federal aid uh, uh, bridge replacement project in a complicated area in the American River called Yankee Jim's Bridge. Um, it, we just have to make sure that the folks that okayed moving forward with uh, the Transportation Authority's project were okay adding a second 
um, bridge to the list, and then we had full support of the administration. So that's a nice success, and I think the uh, your, your delivery team is very excited about this. Uh, in addition, we're su suggesting that uh, ABX 126 by Assembly uh, Transportation Committee Chairman Frazier be added to the matrix as a watch. It is a $7 billion uh, annual um, program for transportation funding, focusing mainly on uh, fix it first and uh, sis, uh, um, um, state of good repair for state and local roads. It has some uh, relatively high levels of uh, new gas taxes and diesel taxes and the so forth. And the reason we recommend watch is that there's a concerted effort for him to collaborate with his uh, fellow members in the legislature to maybe bring it, bring the cost down a little bit and put something together that might attract uh, the two-thirds vote needed and this would be a special session bill. So if uh, there are changes before your next meeting, we'd be able to come back and uh, alert you to those changes so that you could take a formal position at that time. So that's the recommendation by staff. Um, beyond that, there were uh, a number of bills that you took positions in support or opposition during the year, and there is in your packet um, a kind of a summary of uh, those bills and how they fared. Uh, I'll just point out a couple of key ones. Um, you, you had uh, elected to support uh, MTC's measure AB 516 by Mr. Mullen that deals with um, uh, temporary license plates for uh, new vehicles so that they can be, uh, so the use of those temporary plates can accelerate putting those vehicles in the system so that when they're on toll facilities, they don't get free passage. You can track them down. Um, uh, Mr. Chu, AB 1574, you supported. Uh, this dealt with uh, regulation of tour buses. Uh, this one didn't move forward. Uh, a different measure moved forward, um, and I'll cover that in a second. So uh, it, it uh, is left, was left on the inactive file. Uh, you also supported uh, AB 1591, which was uh, Mr. the Chairman Frazier's initial um, transportation finance bill. Um, he has, since the regular session has adjourned and that didn't pass, that measure is no longer viable, but he now has uh, the bill I mentioned, ABX 126, in special session. That's a bigger, uh, more uh, robust package. Uh, the second of Mr. Allen's bills First, AB 641, and then later, um, AB 1641, which was the subject of an opposition that dealt with shuttle service loading and unloading, uh, failed passage uh, in time by before the, uh, the session adjourned. However, I would point out that he did also introduce a bill in special session. So if we get to a point where the special session is reengaged, it's a possibility that he may try to move that legislation, although the focus of the leadership is not on the 30 or 40 other bills that were introduced beyond the scope of the transportation finance package. So we'll be monitoring that very closely. Uh, the AB 1677, which is Mr. Ting's bill, um, is, is the measure related to tour buses that did uh, pass the legislature and was approved by the governor. And that requires the Highway Patrol to develop protocols to work with local governments to ensure safety inspections are done in time and it does several other like things. So it was very similar in, at the end of the day to uh, uh, Mr. Chu's bill. Um, I did mention uh, Mr. Chu's AB 2374, the sponsored bill. 
Uh, in addition, uh, there was another related CMGC bill that extended the amount of construction manager general contractor um, uh, projects that the state can undertake on the state system from 6 to 12, and that passed, and that was one that you had supported. Um, and I think those were the highlights I wanted to bring to your attention. Um, an overview of the special session, just to bring you back up to speed, if you recall, a year ago, June, the governor did uh, uh, issue a proclamation calling the legislature into special session. They called that SX1, special session one. Um, and during last fall, there were two major hearings, uh, two or three major hearings around the state to kind of understand the nature of the problem confronting um, the state local government in terms of uh, funding for state of good repair for the systems. Um, subsequent to that, the legislation was introduced in regular session and some in special session. Um, this, uh, at this point in time, uh, Mr. Frazier's uh, legislation is the one we recommend you put a watch on, was developed in concert with the Senate Transportation Chairman, so they're of a like mind right now, but they're also both going to work together to try to bring some of the taxes down to a level that would garner more legislative support. So that's where we are in the special session. Yes. What is Mr. Frazier's district? It is basically from Solano County down to East Contra Costa County. Okay. So, uh, I would just also point out that it is unusual for a special session to continue even though under the rules it could continue technically until the, the end of the technical legislative session that, that adjourned for the recess at the end of August. It, has, it could run the course till the end of November, so there are some very uh, focused discussions going on between the speaker and the pro tem and other leaders in the legislature about waiting until after the election and convening back in special session for a day or two to undertake uh, an attempt to pass this legislation that I just referenced or other ideas that may uh, emerge in the, in the intervening period. Uh, I know there's been a lot of interest in cap and trade. I think the May and August auctions uh, dashed a lot of hopes because they failed to produce any significant new, new revenues. The uh, legislature and the governor had retained about a billion four from the prior year from 2014 as un, unexpended um, um, cap and trade auction revenues. And then this summer decided to spend about 900 million of that. Um, so that leaves a almost 500 million of unspent cap-and-trade waiting and pending any future uh, the the next regularly set auctions to see how uh, how they f those auction revenues fare um, in the meantime the uh, couple key programs I'll just bring to your attention that were funded with the part of the 900 million that was adopted this summer I included 135 million to continue funding for the transit and intercity rail capital program the administration had issued a list of projects this summer that they intend to fund. This money uh, backfills and ensures that, uh, that the funding is available for the next couple of years until we see where cap and trade goes. There was an augmentation of $10 million to the state's new active transportation program. And the CTC, I noticed on their upcoming um, uh, agenda uh, later this month, is in the process of uh, including that additional $10 million in resources into the active transportation program as was intended. And finally, there was a new program called Transformative Communities. Um, 
That was ushered in by a Los Angeles legislator, and that it received funding on the order of $140 million. However, on the heels of the governor approving the funding and the new program bill, uh, a notice was made by the Strategic Growth Council that they will go through a rulemaking, and in their rulemaking, they intend to provide 50% of the $140 million to projects in Fresno and 25% to LA with a third yet site yet to be selected. So uh, it's, it will pay to be watching and monitoring that regulatory process. Uh, they had their first uh, open hearing yesterday, and they have several more steps to go through. So I'll be collaborating with your staff and making sure they have the up-to-date information on that. Can you explain what what they mean by transformative communities? Yeah, what they are looking for are planning and potential implementation projects of a, a host of projects in a particular small small portion of a community where they hope that it transforms the quality of life there and produces significant GHG, that it's integrated uh, not just uh, transportation projects or not just affordable housing projects, but a mix of of uh, projects that come together to to, uh, to 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 I'm not sure the right word, but to um, that's so it's more each one it builds on each other, fully not just integrated but it, it expands the uh, ability for GHG reductions. Yeah, I've been at the Railvolution conference at the Hyatt, and just knowing how huge LA County is, that just sounds like a drop in the bucket. Um, the 140 million. <coughs> 50% Fresno, 25%, you said LA. Yeah, Fresno, it was interesting all along. I'm not sure how Fresno came to the forefront, but it was clear from early on that there had been discussions between the mayor's office and the administration because all through the s spring and summer as we watched this budget develop and we did, weren't sure there was going to be a cap and trade program, um, the mayor of the current Fre Fresno mayor was at every one of those hearings and in, in the budget committees, and when they, this Strategic Growth Council rulemaking came out with an earmark for Fresno, it, I guess I wasn't surprised, but it did surprise me a bit that they had been so forthcoming. Um, there are a couple of other issues. I was going to talk to you a little bit about the, the trade bill, but that's only for backdrop to the other issue, so I'll focus on that. Um, there just by way of background, there had been legislation to uh, earmark some of the, the new federal money that's available for freight programs around the state. And the chairman of the Assembly Transportation Committee uh, sponsored legislation to mirror the process we use for Proposition 1B, uh, which essentially gave each region a target. Um, and so the MTC region would have had a target for trade funding. I only mention that because at as that bill was nearing the end of the last night of session, which was pretty late. Uh, another issue, um, which is m probably more important regionally, uh, was the delegation of NEPA to the state of California to um, process rods and documents and uh, records of decision, not rods, sorry. That has, uh, it's more of a pilot program and it has a sunset date at the end of this year and when the regular legislative session was getting ready to wind down and no, none of the three bills that had been uh, moving through the legislature was in a position to pass that night, there was an idea to make an effort to put it into a bill 
and maybe even the, the, the trade bill that move it along. That fell apart due to technical reasons on the Senate floor. And so as a consequence, several of your uh, sister agencies around the state have major uh, NEPA documents that are in jeopardy because the federal government, when they delegated the NEPA authority to, to the state, redeployed their resources. And so they, they don't have the capacity to, in a timely manner, to accept the state pushing that NEPA responsibility back to the federal level. So there will be a focus either in the special session if it does fire up and come to fruition or in the first week that the new legislature is seated to try to extend this. Um, and it is a, a it's not a complicated matter. It's pretty simple. It's just complicated trying to see the pathway to get it extended. Uh, and I think that brings my presentation to a close. Um, looking, I guess I should mention, looking forward to next year, um, I'm uh, informed by staff that they believe that the uh, San Francisco MTA will be pursuing the uh, uh, automated uh, uh, recording uh, legislation in the year possibly. So we'll be, I'm sure we'll be asked to coordinate and collaborate with them. In addition, I think the other major thing that that will probably emerge is MTC's Regional Measure 3. Um, you know, I, I assume the staff is working at getting that in a shape to present to the full board to get uh, authority at the MTC to move forward on that. I do know that they've been, they intend to collaborate with the um, Assembly Transportation Chairman who also chairs a select committee on Bay Area transportation issues and I think that might be the venue that a lot of the issues will be sorted out. So that's a little look ahead of what to expect. Commissioner Yee. Uh, thank you, Mr. Watson, for your presentation. And um, I guess when you're, you're talking about autom um, automated uh, speed enforcement uh, piece, is that what you, okay. Yeah. And who's working on this again? I may have got the name. I, I thought it was MTA, but I may be wrong. I could be corrected. And um, if they're working on it, do we have somebody to carry anything at this point? Uh, we've not been asked to assist yet. I've just been given the heads up that it may be something to work on in the next couple months as we get ready for the new year. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I, I wanted to thank um, MTC Commissioner David Campos for kind of the tremendous leadership he's had within the MTC. And I know that kind of as, as you mentioned, a lot of the MTC regional stuff moves forward, that there's equity built into um, the funding. And I wanted to thank um, Commissioner Yee also for the, the local tour bus safety issues that he's been dealing with on the local level. And it's good to see some of that at the state level as well. Um, let's open this up for public comment. Anyone from the public that would like to speak? Um, seeing none, public comment is closed. Thank you so much. Oh, we have um, a recommendation on the watch on the um, Frazier ABX 126. Um, is there a motion on the recommendation? So it's been moved and seconded. Can we do that without uh, objection? Oh. I don't know. Um, oh, uh, no action is needed. So no action needed. Okay. So we don't need to act. Okay. Thank you so much, Mr. Wise. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. <clears throat> uh, Mr. Samos, next item. All right. Item five, recommend executing a memorandum of agreement with the Treasure Island Development Authority for the Yerba Buena Island Vista Point Operation Services in an amount not to exceed 500000 through December 30th, uh, 31st, 2018, and authorizing the executive director to negotiate uh, payment terms and non-material agreement terms and conditions. This is an action item. 
Thank you, and we have a report. Yes, um, Chair Mark, Commissioners, Eric Cordoba, Deputy Director, happy to report on item number five, starting on page 67. Um, I want to start with an update on the uh, YBI uh, east side ramps project because the item in front of you is going to be is a, uh, a construction contract change order related to that item. The picture tells the story. The good news is that we are nearly complete with the new westbound on and off ramps on the east side of Yerba Buena Island. We're approximately reaching 95% complete, frankly, and uh, within the budget of the 63.89 construction phase allocation. And also happy to report that, re that we're meeting the 12.5% disadvantaged business enterprise goal. <coughs> the ramps are, are planned to be open uh, that last week in October. We're finalizing the dates here a little bit depending on the rain. We're getting some rain in the forecast. But right now we're targeting the weekend of October 22nd to open up the new westbound on and off ramps. Just a little bit of just final details. It's, it's, the construction is substantially complete. We still have some uh, final local road work, tie-in work to do, and um, also some landscaping. We do have a ribbon cutting that has um, been scheduled for Friday, October 21st. You've all received an invitation. Hopefully you can make it. Um, and as indicated, the final improvements should be complete by December of 2016, including landscaping. The item in front of you relates to the, uh, what's, what we're describing as a VISTA point that we are going to construct and have been working with Caltrans, the Treasure Island Development Authority, and the Bay Area Toll Authority to go ahead and, and um, construct new, uh, a new VISTA point on the U.S. Coast Guard Quarters 9 property. When you look at that sketch there, Caltrans is pretty much virtually complete with everything on the left side of the uh, diagram there in orange. They have constructed and are ready to open their bike ped landing, which is uh, in orange there. And the, the improvements that um, are defined as the Vista Point are temporary in nature, but they include a crosswalk to the U.S. Coast Guard um, Quarters 9 property, which is a very strategic location there and provides some very uh, dramatic Vista, Vista Point photography moments, if you call it that. It includes hydration stations, restrooms, bike racks, benches, um, and in, we're also working with the Bay Area Toll Authority and Caltrans to establish a shuttle service so that uh, folks are messaged to, to actually park on Treasure Island and take a shuttle up to that area because that area is still a very live, active construction contract. Funding is approximately $2 million for all of the improvements, um, which is split 50-50 between the, the Barrier Toll Authority and, and the Transportation Authority. It's important to note that the Transportation Authority, actually the funds for the T, from the, for the TA side are from a Federal Highway Bridge Program, as well as Proposition 1B Seismic Retrofit Programs. Our intent is to open the Vista Point um, in the fall of 2016. We're hoping for that November, December time frame. Uh, and finally, the item in front of you is really to execute uh, agreements with, the, with TIDA, the Treasure Island Development Authority. They have existing uh, vendors that they use for landscape maintenance, janitorial, um, and other services that will be required there, and in particular security. So we're requesting uh, executing a, an MOA with TIDA 
uh, for the Vista Point Operation Services in an, in an amount not to exceed $500,000. That concludes my presentation. Thank you, Mr. Cordoba. Any questions? Um, then let's open this up for public I comment. Think, uh, oh, Commissioner Yee. Thanks for the presentation. I, I, yes. Just looking at this, yes. I, I, um, seems like there's a on and off ramp. Back to on ramp going west. Off, yes. Off ramp going west. Sure. And then on ramp going east. Is there an off ramp going east that's new? Um, actually, yeah, let, let's talk about that. Very good question. Um, you're right, you might remember that there was uh, an eastbound off ramp on the east side of the island. It's actually been closed for the last 10 plus years. Um, that will be reestablished as part of the overall improvements here at the interchange. So the new westbound on and off ramps, which I just indicated will open later this month, mm -hmm. um, are on the left side of the photo there. Right. The eastbound on ramp is, own, is, is open right now. Caltrans actually just uh, upgraded that ramp recently and, and reopened it. But the eastbound off ramp is still yet to be opened. And the target is to open that towards the latter part of, um, say, mid to late 18, 2018. So, so you would open it up on the right lane and then would you keep the left hand? Is the, there one on the left hand? Yeah, yes, there, there is. is. Actually, when you come from San Francisco over Treasure Island, you're heading eastbound, there is a left exit as you're mm -hmm. Right. approaching Treasure Island, that will stay open and will be open still as an off-ramp. That's a better direct route to Treasure Island. And the eastbound exit on the east side of the tunnel will be a better uh, exit if you're going to go up to YBI to the, uh, to the mountain, call it, that I always call it. <laughs> okay, thanks. All right. Thank you. Let's open this up for public comment. Is there anyone that would like to speak? Seeing none, public comment is closed. And there, is there a motion to recommend executing this MOA with, with TIDA for the Vista Point Operation Services? So, so it's been moved and seconded. And colleagues, can we do this without objection? Thank you. Mr. Samos, thank you, Mr. Cordoba. Next, next item. All right, item six, Alamany Interchange Improvement Study Update. This is an information item. And we have Rachel Hyatt. Good afternoon, Commissioners. Rachel Hyatt, Principal Planner, and I have an informational update for you today on the District 9 Neighborhood Transportation Improvement Program planning project. Now, this is a planning effort that um, is uh, in response to uh, the Portola Neighbor Association and other District 9 community groups to look at improving pedestrian and bicycle safety and access at the interchange of Alamany Boulevard, San Bruno Avenue, Bayshar Boulevard, underneath um, the uh, maze of ramps uh, where 280 and 101 have an interchange. Um, we are at the point in the study where we've analyzed the feasibility of the um, community preferred concepts. So some bicycle access and safety improvements, pedestrian access and safety improvements across this intersection. We understand the feasibility. We have an understanding of what the costs are likely to be. We've done um, a number of rounds of outreach and we're in the process of doing our final round of outreach of, uh, this month. Um, I mentioned this is a District 9 NTIP planning project, and let me just talk through, give you an overview verbally of what the components of uh, the improvements would be, and then I have a bunch of pictures to show you after this slide. 
Commissioner Campos. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about, uh, obviously this is something that we have been tracking for and working on for quite some time. If you can talk about the involvement of the community in this process. Yes, definitely. So the um, idea to do this study came from the Portal and Neighbors Association and um, we actually have a, um, started off with a letter to us from Portal and Neighbors describing sort of what the, some of the problems were um, it, at this interchange, um, particularly uh, pedestrian and bicycle access to the farmer's market on the north side of Alamany in this area. And there's a lot of folks who um, seek to access the market from west along Alamany, south of Alamany, um, and south along San Bruno and the neighborhoods there in the Portola and surrounding. And there's a lot of gaps in the pedestrian and bicycle network um, in this area, especially getting from north to south across Alamany. And the farmer's market in particular is a very popular destination. Um, and uh, we have a situation, the community does, where uh, a lot of folks accessing the market have actually created uh, an informal path along underneath the ramps there um, to access the market because there is the only way to get there is a very indirect indirect path uh, and so these are some of the safety issues that the community sought for us to address and so that's where um, the, the projects that we looked at came from is in response to um, the gaps in the bike network for people trying to access that market and get through the area on uh, bicycle and also folks trying to access the market and just get through the area in general by foot. Uh, and people of all ages especially getting to this farmer's market so uh, uh, looking at 8 to 80 uh, safety um, improvements was absolutely part of what we needed to look at. So I mentioned uh, the, the first set of improvements that could uh, be delivered would include closing the gap in the bike network, so completing um, a bicycle lane, a class one bike and class two bike lane that already exists on uh, to the east and the west on Alamany and connecting to an existing bike lane on Bayshore um, and installing pedestrian safety improvements at the major intersections at this location uh, between Alamany and Putnam which is the main vehicular and right now the main formal access to the farmers market at Alamany and Bayshore um, which is also where a lot of the ramp on and off, uh, there's a lot of freeway access and egress traffic in that area as well. And then on the north side of Alamany, crossing Alamany. And then finally at Bayshore, the intersection between Bayshore and Alamany. Um, and then uh, this, the second phase that could be delivered would be this path. So we looked at the desire line of folks you know, trying to cross Alamany from San Bruno or from the south on foot. And we looked at, okay, if we wanted to introduce a new access point by foot, it create a safe way to get across uh, with a signal, with a, a paved path, a si signal on both sides, intersection, um, a pedestrian signal, ramps. Um, what, where would that need to be? What would it look like? And um, what would it cost? So I'll show you some graphic illustrations. This is a large scale, uh, just a zoom out of the study area and uh, the existing condition and the, okay, this doesn't work, is it? And the proposed. It's a road diet throughout Alamany, both the north and south sides, which would um, 
convert one lane of traffic in each direction to a bike lane. Um, that would actually end up matching the cross section at this part of Alamany with the same cross section that already exists on the east and west uh, parts of Alamany. And then putting in a path where you see um, to the, the very the left hand side of the, the circular area, which is the ramp interchange area, that's where the path would go across. So I'm gonna zoom in now and show you um, these areas in more detail. This is the intersection of Alamany going east with San Bruno Avenue. Um, and this uh, graphic illustrates a few things. First, it illustrates the uh, bike lane gap being filled um, on Alamany eastbound. Um, and it illustrates some of the very um, near-term pedestrian improvements that would go in along with that. Um, the curb extensions, painted curb extensions at the intersection with San Bruno would be designed the way that other Vision Zero pedestrian uh, infrastructure is being designed by MTA. It would be painted the beige paint with uh, the white stripes and soft hit posts. Uh, delineating that painted pedestrian space. Um, that's a really quick way um, to get this in very soon. And then, of course, those curbs could eventually be converted to permanent concrete curb extensions at some point. Um, we would uh, also restripe the whole area. There's a lot of confusion for anybody going through there, bicyclists, drivers, about how to uh, position yourself if you're trying to get over to Bayshore, if you're trying to get onto the 101 on-ramp, if you're just trying to, um, uh, if you're trying to turn around and go westbound. So restriping that whole area and rationalizing the the lanes um, is something that will you know increase safety for vehicle drivers as well. Uh, this is the cross section that um, would end up on Alamany, and this the cross section of two uh, travel lanes plus a protected buffered bike lane in each direction is what the cross section looks like to the west and the east. And so what we're doing here is extending that bike lane um, by converting a traffic lane to a bike lane and a buffer um, and matching up on either the other sides of Alamany. This is a detail um, on, uh, that looks at, we've, you've got Alamany going westbound at the north part of the diagram and Alamany going eastbound and that intersection with San Bruno at the, uh, the bottom part of the diagram. And this depicts the path that I mentioned. Right now, folks are crossing San Bruno at that, uh, crossing Alamany at San Bruno there without any kind of signal or any kind of crossing. Um, running across there, walking alongside um, through the roadway through this um, un, unmaintained portion of, uh, of right-of-way there, and then again crossing Alamany at the, the north part of Alamany, um, again without a signal. And what we could do here is install a formal multi-use path that could be used both by pedestrians and by cyclists um, for a more direct connection from San Bruno to the farmer's market. It would involve putting in new signals, one new signal, or actually opening a crosswalk, including having a signal there with a pedestrian um, walk signal at San, uh, San Bruno and Alamany, and then installing one um, at the at Alamany westbound. And the, the timing actually 
is pretty simple to do from a traffic uh, flow perspective because there is a signal existing just a, a few yards to the east of this diagram where uh, the um, 280 connector uh, intersects with Alamany and the signal timing would it would use the same signal timing so there would not be an increased sort of signal delay there for people trying to drive through the area. We've completed the traffic analysis um, with Caltrans support, and fortunately, you know, we find that there is def certainly enough capacity, enough roadway capacity to accommodate this conversion um, without increasing traffic delay significantly. We've been working with the MTA to adjust signal timings um, and to uh, uh, coordinate um, the signal timing changes that would be need and new signal timing that would be needed for this project with some ongoing traffic signal work that they have planned in the area and we have gotten Caltrans review and approval of the uh, the changes the striping changes and the signal timing changes to implement these improvements, um, I, we'd recommend pursuing uh, sort of two delivery phases in parallel. The first part of uh, the safety improvement could be done really quickly um, with MTA. It's a striping project. That's the road diet and the striped pedestrian improvements on Alamany. Um, then the sort of more medium term uh, delivery would be of the pedestrian and bicycle multi-use path and that's just because it, it is um, a project that would require some more engineering by DPW. DPW has taken a look at it and um, they, we need to design for drainage there. Um, there is some flooding that happens to the east of this study area and we want to make sure that this path um, avoids the flooding and doesn't exacerbate any flooding that happens um, and then we need to install the signals um, so it, it it's a little bit longer of a project to deliver than the than the striping project um, but there are a lot of opportunities for grant funds um, for these improvements um, first of all this is an NTIP project and we uh, could look at NTIP implementation uh, funding and Prop K and TIP capital funding to help support the project. There is um, a current general fund set aside um, to continue the next phases of implementation and engineering of the project and will be very competitive for a number of grants. This area is on the Vision Zero um, net high injury network, um, which will help to you know, give it a leg up um, uh, against other you know, competing projects. The costs are relatively modest um, for the bike lane and the, and the path together, not more than $5 million. Um, in fact, we do think it together uh, certainly significantly less than $5 million all, all together. Um, we've gotten some really great input and involvement from MTA and DPW and Caltrans, honestly, and um, also support um, in doing outreach uh, from the Portola Neighbors Association. They've been great in giving us feedback throughout and also directing us to um, other groups in the community that have given us a lot of input. So Family Connections in particular, we have a couple different um, uh, focus group sessions with some different groups within Family Connections coming up and that's where we do a lot of our uh, Cantonese language outreach. And we'll also be going out to the farmer's market again this month like we did earlier in the spring um, to to get feedback from um, the folks accessing the market, um, at the market. 
Um, we look forward to um, any other input or guidance you have for us. I think the next time that we would be back before you is after we've completed our outreach, made any final refinements to the design, and have a clear implementation path to present. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Cohen, then Commissioner Compost. Thank you very much. I just wanted to pay my compliments. This is so exciting. Um, Supervisor Compost, this is a, a big deal. I think it's a long time coming, particularly when you take into consideration how the population is growing in the southeastern part of San Francisco and the, particularly in the Portola neighborhood. It's been a dangerous intersection for far too long. I'm surprised we haven't had more casualties and fatalities. Mm -hmm. Um, than uh, where we ha what we have had to date. So I just want to just pass on my compliments to the entire team that's worked on this project. I'm excited. Um, I really don't have anything too, um, too critical or major changes that I would suggest that we, that, that we implement. I just, I, I kind of feel like this project can't get done fast enough okay. because the farmer's market is growing and it's incredibly um, popular and um, the other element that I, I appreciate that you took into consideration is the the, um, the flooding that happens on an annual basis mm -hmm. um, right in there. It's yeah. part of the basin, you know, right underneath the freeway overpass, over and on ramp. Um, so taking that into account, I think, is really, um, really critical. Thank you. Yes. Commissioner Campos. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Cohen, uh, for those remarks. I think that's right. Uh, you know, you, you've represented the portal before, and you know that this is a very critical uh, issue that goes back many, many years. So it is exciting to be here, uh, and I, I do want to thank uh, the staff for all their amazing work in making this happen. In terms of the funding, I wanted to make sure that we're we have a better sense of the timing. And uh, so, when do you think that you'll come back to to us and? in terms of the funding options, when will we know if uh, those are available for this project and what's the timeline for that? Right, in the next quarter. Okay. Yeah, in the next quarter, that's exactly what we're working on right now. Now that we've, um, we're doing outreach this month just to make sure that the design is right okay. um, for everybody and we have cost estimates now reflecting those designs and, and the putting together the funding plan, roles and responsibilities and you know, looking at the the, the grant cycle calls for projects so that mm. we know, okay, the, the next cycle of TFCA is coming up in <clears throat> March. And so can we agree, MTA, that we're going to go after that one? That, that's the um, level of detail we want to put on the funding plan now. And, and then the, I, actually, the, yeah. to the executive director. Just to add to that, Tilly Chang, executive director, Commissioner Compost, the idea would also bring, be to bring forward the NTIP capital. Um, that you do have in District 9 to help advance design, uh, mm -hmm. even as we work on solidifying those funding plans. So in parallel, not to lose time, take the recommendations and move them straight into design. Great. And I, I know that uh, uh, I think at least a couple of us here are going to turn into pumpkins on January 8th. So if there's anything that can be done prior to that, uh, whether it's here at the County Transportation Authority, the Board of Supervisors, but also the regional bodies uh, like MTC, if there's something that is a specific source of funding that we're targeting there, if yeah. you can let us know so that we're uh, advocating for that. Yeah, gotcha. Right, Supervisor, or Commissioner Campos, um, through the chair, Supervisor Marr, if in the unfortunate event we're not able to get it done before January 8th, I'm gonna be a steward and make sure that it gets done. Thank you, Commissioner Cohen, greatly appreciate it. And I think the people of the portal lab uh, will appreciate that. So thank you, thank you. Thank you. 
<laughs> Seeing no other comments, let's open this up for public comment. Is there anyone that would like to speak? Then public comment is closed. And this was an informational item as well. Um, item seven, Mr. Stamos. Item seven, introduction of new items. So I see no colleagues speaking, so let's open this up for public comment. Mr. Yip, anyone would you like to speak? Okay. Seeing none, public comment is closed. Um, item 8, Mr. Samos. Item 8, general public comment. Mr. Yip. Yes, thank you. Andrew Yip, Chinatown Mission Officer. The reception of having a destiny for diversified pathways on the world society, one should have sincerity of coloration in whiteness of heart for self-nature and existence and destiny in establishment. One must fully awaken oneself with enlightenment or personal encounters and relationship. So one would treat people with true mercy of uprightness. In maintenance of true self, of having conscience, one should restrain of one's personal emotion and desires. In performing of ultimate state of humanity and self-nature of origin of good virtues, one must fulfill one's duties of loyalty, of love for parents, spiritual dignity, and divine justice of good regulation and management for personal, family, and social order, one applies of Kingsway with humanity justice for making success of heavenly virtues. One also should make use of holy studies of coloration and worthy rescue for achievement of true self in credible works. With determination of doing away of all bad deeds and of performing all good works, one definitely can receive heavenly blessing for peaceful life of security and happiness. Those are the delivery, delivery of mercy and grievance, of whiteness in holy way, for worldly rescue and actualization of wisdom of whiteness in principle, for preaching to others, for divine superior uplift for all. God bless holy mission. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Yip. Anyone else? Um, public comment is closed. Um, Mr. Samos, is there any other business before us? Uh, item 9, adjournment. Okay. Thank you, everyone. Meeting adjourned.